and he's gone again. Tricky, you're like a magician. You're a a New York Houdini. You know, you're you're in and out. We can't even keep track of you. Not when he's got a cigarette in his mouth. That's how we know this must be. He's not stressed out, so this must have been a good podcast because he's got a cigarette in his mouth. He's got a he's got to have a, a post post show cigarette. I've got to say, there's a lot less arguing than what I was hoping for. I was I was looking forward to a proper uh, a, a, a proper, proper, a proper trophy horse argument. Well, he hasn't really said anything yeah. that makes us want to fight him. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Because uh, we haven't quite hit the two hour mark, you know, let's get into an argument, Rick. Am I wrong about the PlayStation Plus? You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 525. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man who needs to take day by day and take a chill pill. It's Alex. You know, I gotta say, did some streaming before we got we got together to record, and KO the Kangaroo is as good as advertised. Also, even after I get the sweet, sweet platinum for that game, I'm still gonna be nowhere near as uh, celebrated when it comes to beating games in the backlog beatdown as our guest this week. He brings the awesome. I, it's, I yield to no one. I was finishing up a level of Deep Rock before I came up here. And continuing our quest to have guests on the show, we are bringing on the man that's keeping me honest in the backlog beatdown, in the Trophy Horse No Spam contest. It's Mr. Rick. How you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good, thanks, mate. I don't know if anyone can keep you honest, but I'll do my best. <laughs> It's taken. It's taken an entire community Sing. to keep you honest, sir. <laughs> yeah. Why has it got to be like that? Because that's how it is. He, he's keeping me honest. Him and Gareth are keeping me honest. What? No JT. What? No Nitro. They're not helping well, keep you honest. Uh, is uh, it's conflict of interest because I have to bet with Nitro. So Nitro can't be, I guess. Yeah, but but that but see that's the thing is the best yeah that's still keeping keep me honest, honest because. Yeah, I think the side bets are the main thing keeping yeah, you honest. Yeah, I mean, l- listen, they, I've gone to the council a couple times and said, th- there is a game that I want to play, does it uh, does it count as spam? And a couple times I got a rule and saying, no, it's not spam, but I still wouldn't play it because there's going to be people uh, that are going to complain, and those are the people that I have the bets against. Yeah, I, again, I think we need to delineate that JT is the council, because when he was on... A few weeks ago, or you know, a month or so ago, he he made it very clear that he was the one making the decisions when it comes to, you know, a a, a or nay on the on the backlog beatdown points. And he he is a very fair and just interpreter and judge. I, JT's I out there that. doing I mean, good work. He made a a soft ruling recently, and I I, I don't oh, exactly agree tricky. with it. He you know what he doesn't make any soft rulings. He makes all hard fair judgments, sir, and you. I don't know what it is, Tricky. You're just mad about somebody else getting some points and backlog beat down. It doesn't matter if they spend you know ten hours or twenty seven hours playing a game. You're just... I, I am not. I am not down with it. We'll get we'll get Daryl on here, and he'll tell a oh, different story. Daryl's also in part, is is a conflict of interest as well because he 
He's uh, he's running the bet with me as well. Although I think I personally think he's already cracked, but the council says that he hasn't, so I have to go with the council. But he is cracked, okay? Any man that plays SpongeBob SquarePants has cracked. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's like it's like a ten hour plot, SpongeBob. Then he's got you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's SpongeBob SquarePants. Doesn't matter. It's still a game. What's wrong with that? We could we could make the argument for Lego games to go against you. See what Tricky is doing right now is he is is trying to put the attention on somebody else so that other people can't notice the games that he's probably wanting to play and he can ride in under the radar. Oh, listen, I, I I will tell you that my backlog of spam games has reached over two hundred games. So on uh, January first, twenty twenty three, uh, you guys may have to come to my funeral because I'll be dead for how much spam and plats I've gotten. <laughs> Your eyes are going to be just completely like shriveled like raisins about how long you're going to be staring at screens trying to get you all your platinum it, trophies. You can fry it. You can cut it, knead it cold. So you've you've got a few different ways that you can you can digest your spam. It, it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys exactly the way it's going to be. It's going to be. I'm going to be sitting there on New Year's Eve going, five, four, three, two, one, mayo! And you're still not going to catch Sid. Sid's going to overtake Oh, him. yeah. We can all hope. We actually have a, a, a top-notch representative as far as it goes to the alpha male of the Sid trophies. Sid is still 90 trophies, or uh, platinum's behind me. Well, it's not that many, but he's knocking out 30 in a day. <laughs> he's not just... <laughs> creeping up on your heels. He's like jumping up on your heels. Before you know it, you're going to be seeing his taillights. Oh, wait until you guys hear this week's Sophie's Trophies. You think you think last week was good? This week's even better. Oh, last so week to give a little big. context to uh, what I was talking about earlier, what me and Tricky were talking about earlier with JT making decisions, uh, after some extra oh. deliberation and you know research, JT decided to give me points for beating the Every, King of Cards your boots um, out standalone game for what he gave me the credit for beating the King of Cards standalone it's game not for standalone. Yes, it's all. It's sold standalone. Rick, back me up here, please. Can you play it without owning the main game? Yes. Well, that's standalone. But the then. trophies are listed under the main game. Yeah, but if you don't need the don't need the main game to play it, then it's a standalone. It stands alone from the main game, so. The standard was always it has to have its own separate trophy list. That was standard. I thought it was just it had to be standalone. As in, you don't need the main game to play it. Last of Us Left Behind, you don't need okay, the main game to play it. I'm glad you brought Left, Left Behind because that was the reference I used with JT. Is because when we started the backlog beatdown, it was stated that you could not get. You could, if you played the standalone Left Behind that had its own trophy list, that counted. But if you went back and played the PSV version, which left behind was part of that trophy list, that did not count. That was always the standard. All right. JT, JT, had, after his research, and JT, you know, followed up with me, because, you know, JT made his initial ruling. I was going to leave it alone. I wasn't going to, you know, I understand that JT has been given rules to interpret, and it's nothing personal. He's trying to be fair as everyone, to everyone as he can. So, you know, it wasn't a big deal. And then he, you know, one day messaged me, and he said, hey, man, you know, this is why it didn't get counted. It's like, you know, that, that's fine, JT, but, you know, here's why I think initially, well, here's why I submitted it. And why I think it should count. And, you know, we had a little conversation. And then, you know, later on, he came back and he said, after further research, yeah, I'm going to count this. So, I, yeah, I don't think JT is, it's not a hit against you, Trick. It's not like I get points and you get deductive 
points from your backlog beatdown thing. And also, Rick, let me get your opinion about this, because of anybody who's been in these competitions playing eight different versions of a spam game trying to get credit for all these platinums, do you think Tricky has the right to call it out? No, because that, that, that rule doesn't no, exist. Really. You can't get it from different regions. <laughs> I asked. No, Rick, because you're calling your me out for something I'm not Rick, doing, sir. and I'm not going to stand for it. I'm standing up to you from now on. The listeners have told me that you abused me in the conversation. <laughs> I am not standing for your abuse anymore, sir. Yeah, I'm standing up I, and I'm fighting back. I would like to know what users you talk to, because because apparently, <laughs> and I've heard this for years, and I've let it go. Recently, it's kind of started to get at me because you're like. I talk to the listeners. Listeners are, are texting me. And I'm like, who? Because we all talk to the same groups in, in the Facebook group. So unless you've got everybody's number personally, you're probably only talking to two or three people. No, they're, they're, they're sending me messages on Facebook because they don't want to talk in the group. I don't know. All I know is that Dar- that Daryl listened to that episode again and said he thought you were even more wrong. And we had dupes coming in like a, a meteor taken out of the dinosaurs saying hey pulse closed but tricky was completely wrong <laughs> so uh but no rick like do you think tricky has any reason or any like backbone to call anybody out after some of the stuff he's tried in these competitions no not really thanks no. rick i mean he's, he's it's got well you've gone legit this year but it doesn't take away the past does it it's, um... Let's move on to our updated trophy counts. <laughs> I am level 682 total trophies of 16,722 with a count of 372. Uh, hopefully 373 if I can will myself through all these free play missions on LEGO Star Wars. Alex? Or, you know, if you can actually, you know, make it a point to play Shadow of the Colossus, which is a phenomenal yeah, game. Well, I got an update on that. We'll, we'll do that after the update trophy count. All right, I am level 457 with a total trophy count of 7,925 and a platinum count of 124 and 123 games. Level 472 with a trophy count of 8433 and a platinum count of 151. All right, Rick is level, oh, sorry, Sid is level 601, total trophies of 12,568 with 287 platinums. Still 90 platinums behind me, Sid, there. Rick? <laughs> uh, are you ready for this? Go ahead. Level 230, 870 trophies total, uh, 18 plats. Now, now let, yeah. let's clarify this, because I said this to you before the show. Rick has actually has a, a shit more trophies and platinums, but he's on a new account because he doesn't play on his old account. So, I mean, to be fair, you have a lot more. This is just your new account. Yeah, but this, yeah, this is the one I'm going with now. The, the, the last one had 200 and odd, and then the first for the count had 300 and odd. But I've, I'm, I've half a mind actually to start my um, first account again just to piss you and Daryl off because <laughs> I think I was on about 306, <laughs> and that was that was when Battle Hyper had just started. So there's a massive, there's a shitload of games that I could play on that and just pass you both easily. But I won't, I won't do that. Look at Rick's Rick with the flex. Rick's like, I could destroy both of you, but I'm going to be a good soul about it. All right. Uh, breaking news coming in uh, through the uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, Alex, you did not get the joke and the reference of me introducing you. And I, I have uh, reached out to my favorite Ashley and said that you didn't get the reference. And she said, I'm sure he didn't. He's so literal all the time. He doesn't get jokes. And I'm like shaking my head. 
Uh, I'm a very funny person. I get uh, jokes. Apparently you missed a reference, the inside joke on my intro. I, you know what? I was starstruck because we got Rick on this week's show. First <laughs> time on the show, and I was starstruck, and I couldn't pay attention to anything else. I got KO the kangaroo on the mind. I got Rick on the mind. I can't be listening and processing whatever gibberish you're talking about, Tricky. And I also want to point out that Rick is sharing his screen with us, and I see the Xbox logo, and that's a no-go on this show there, sir. Oh, well, that's just a Game Pass, you know. I, can, I could open it up right now and start playing something I wanted to. <laughs> Please don't play games, like. <laughs> to, to be fair, how many Xboxes have you bought and sold in your life, Tricky? Uh, I have bought seven 360s that all got the red ring. I owned one Xbox One that I sold, and I owned an Xbox X because I got screwed out of getting it for somebody else, and I wound up selling it to uh, Andy. So There you go. Stop showing me screen so you don't have to look Thank at it anymore. Thank you, sir. Oh, make him make make him look at it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Tricky acts like he's the Wicked Witch of the West, and the the Xbox logo is water, and it's about to melt him. <laughs> we all know that's not true because he's he loves Xbox. He loves Phil Spencer. Yeah, yeah. we all do. I, I I didn't put it in the agenda, but uh, Phil Spencer coming out and saying, "Yeah, we're gonna recognize the union." Like, yeah, motherfucker, you have to. It's it's the law. But look at look at this, like. I still think it's important for him to come out and say it. You know why? Because it's a PR thing. Because he has said almost all the right things since like becoming the head of, of Microsoft Game Studios. He's like said all the right stuff. Looks like a good leader. Looks like he's taken Xbox in the right re- Xbox in the right direction. And when you're bringing someone in as you know, Activision. We didn't talk about it, but Activision was sending out emails. Apparently, um, the company was sending out emails to the people before the union vote, telling them to vote no on the union, trying to influence them. Like, when you got that kind of, essentially, cancer coming into your company, which they're buying Activision Blizzard, stuff like this helps. Like, putting that positive PR out there be like, no, we are going to abide by this. Whether he has to say it or not, it makes the company look better, and it looks like he is going to, and, and Microsoft Game Studios are going to clean up Activision Blizzard and hopefully get rid of Bobby Kotick. So it's still important for him to say it, whether you think it's necessary or not. All right, well, let's move on. Because I really want to get a whole discussion about that. Let's get into what we're playing. Rick, we'll start with you. What are you playing, sir? Okay. Uh, hold on. I'll just look at my trophy list to remind me. Take take a big old breath, Rick, because I know it's going to be long. Uh, well, I don't know where to start, really. Uh, well, I've been playing Skyrim, which is something I've always been playing since 2011. Um, uh, there's always a, one game of Skyrim on the go at some <laughs> point. It's just it's the greatest game ever made. Uh, you you. You know, I've not been playing it exclusively. I'm not playing it for a week or two, actually, but it, it's there to go back to all the time on a new character You're all the time. You're making Homer very uh, happy with that. Slave- I said, Say again? Homer very happy with that because he loves Skyrim. Oh, it's it's amazing. It really is amazing. It's the best game ever made. No, um, no doubt about that. Until Elder Scrolls 6 comes out in like 10 years. Um, I've been playing Slay the Spire, which was on Plus a couple of weeks ago. I played it last year. I bought it last year and played it then. Got really into it and then sort of fell out of love with it a bit. And I've got back into it again this time. And I'm going for the plat, but it's going to be it's going to be a slog. I've done, I've beaten it with the three main characters now, and then I've just got lots of little miscellaneous trophies to do, like beat the game with a single relic, which is going to be very difficult. Beat the game with a, it's a deck building game, like you build it out of cards. You've got um, common cards. Rare cards and common cards. So one of them just beat it with common cards, which is going to be very, very difficult as well. Um, 
complete ascension level 20. So I'm up to ascension level two at the minute and I'm really struggling. So, but you know, the plan is to eventually get this platinum. I don't, I, it might happen in a few years. Uh, I've been playing Batman Arkham Asylum, the PS4 version. Uh, it's nice to go back to that. Um, the, the aim is to get the plats in all four of them. I've got Origins already, so now I'm doing Asylum. Next will be City, then it'll be Night, and hopefully get all that done before October, before Gotham Knights comes out. Or it might not happen before October. It's, it's a bit of a, again, it's a bit of a slog. And I've just started again Tony Hawk's um, 1 and 2 remastered. Literally just played that a bit last night. Just pops one trophy in it. So, going to get back into playing that again. Well, with how, how you and James the Nerd tear through games, I'd say that you can probably get through all those Arkham games by the time Gotham Knights comes out. I, I you know, I bet on it. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's finding the motivation. It's, you know, you can, I, I, it's like playing the main game, that's fine, but it's doing all the other shit. It's all the Riddler trophies and the combat challenge. Not, not so much the combat challenges, I love them. But the Predator Challenge rooms are a nightmare on some of them. Because finding the motivation to try and do that. And that Arkham Knight is ridiculous how much there is to do in that game. Absolutely ridiculous. It's huge. Are you going for that trick? Are you going for the platinum? I'm sorry. I was distracted. What game was that? Arkham Knight. It's on the list off MZ, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. What? You're not doing the bet the anymore? The bet's been cancelled. Oh, right. Okay. But I was gonna get into that when when uh when I talked about what I was playing. No, all right. Okay, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's all you've been playing? Um, pretty much. Yeah, I thought, well, I've been playing a bit of retro stuff and that as well. But all right. Yeah, that's it. I just bought me. I've actually I've just bought me lad um the Skywalker Saga today. That's that's a hell of a grind. So I've been I've been watching. Yeah, I've been watching him play that, and I'm like, there's no way I'm putting this on my list yet. <laughs> I've already got one Lego game on there that we started that we're not going to play. So that's. Gonna bring my completion down. All right, Alex. All right, uh, I played uh, trying to finish the season strong this season pass uh, in um, Rocket League. Trying to finish strong. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna get to the tier that I want, which is 111. Uh, but I'm gonna try. Uh, the reason I want to get to 111 particularly is, well, I get more uh, credits to put towards uh, a black market blueprint because that's where my goal is. I'm gonna buy one of those really expensive. Uh, goals that we always talk about, but I'm going to use it uh, by using credits that I earn by playing the game, so I'm not going to spend any money on it, but uh, there's a Cobalt, cobalt Tented Goal Score, the Nomster goal for this season, and it looks really cool, and I want it, but I've got to go up 28 levels, and I don't think I'm going to get it done, so uh, i got a couple more weeks to get it done, yeah, but I was just trying to finish strong, played some on Thursday, uh, we didn't officially get together for Rocket League Thursday, but uh, aside from that, I finished uh, Plague of Shadows in... Uh, from the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, beat that finally, and uh, I don't think that I'm going to try to go back and complete all the feats, because quite frankly, that was the most frustrating campaign of them all, was Plague Knight, just because it's so, uh, he's ranged, he's very platforming heavy, and it's just, the ab- the abyss is the, the, um, the, the pits in those games are your biggest enemy, so it, uh, yeah, quite frustrating as far as those campaigns go, so, um, but... I started, I bought a new game the other day, came out on the 27th, you all may have heard of KO Kangaroo. I started streaming it today, I stayed for about two hours uh, before we started uh, recording, and I really, really enjoyed the game. So uh, it's $30 on uh, PlayStation Network, and just, the story is, it's goofy, it's it's kind of nothing really to pay attention to, you kind of just dropped in right away, and it's kind of like, oh man, you're, you're just kind of like, dr- hit the ground running. Um, 
So the story is not really the main pull here. It's the the game looks fantastic. I love the aesthetic. I love the art style. Musically, everything fits together well. It's just it's kind of like I get a lot of Crash Bandicoot vibes from it, but it's like a uh, I think uh, Mark and I were talking, uh, Mark being dupes, we were talking while I was streaming, and it's a very like toned down Crash Bandicoot. It's nowhere near as difficult. It's kind of like a more laid back uh, platformer. But you know, I come from the days of Banjo Kazooie playing Crash Bandicoot on the original PlayStation. I remember when Gex was a big thing. So like I you know Sly Cooper, Ratchet and Clank. I love all my animal uh, anthropomorphic animal protagonists, and you know those kind of platformers so this is kind of one of those games that it reminds me of where i've come from and the games that i have always enjoyed but yet it's a game that's fun enough and still enjoyable enough for me where i can play it as an adult you know even though i started playing those kind of games when i was a kid a teenager so i really enjoy the game uh the combat is fun like it's really satisfying to you're a kangaroo and you have boxing gloves on hence the name ko kangaroo uh but it, like the combat punching enemies you know is really satisfying it feels really good it feels like there's weight behind it you know there's moments of slowdown that look really cool there's some flair and pizzazz and charm to ko so uh story's nothing to t- talk uh to write home about but everything else about the game from the aesthetics to the soundtrack it all blends together to to make this really wonderful experience so uh really glad that i bought it um heard nothing but positive things about it andy was on the show a couple weeks ago to talk very positively of it he had had a chance to play before it released. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of Crash Bandicoot, you want maybe an easier, toned-down kind of Crash Bandicoot where it's not as difficult to say, Crash 4 or the Insane Trilogy. KOK and Guru has a ton of charm. It looks great. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's it's not just, it's not amped up like a lot of these other ones. So, I, I would definitely recommend it. And I am going to try to keep streaming through the game just to kind of, you know, because some people had mentioned, like, you know, I'm really glad you started to stream this because, you know, it's one of those games that people seem to be talking about. But, you know, it's it's kind of it's still somewhat under the radar. It's not a triple A game. So, you know, want to get as much out there about the game to give, you know, people want to make informed decisions with their money. So I'm glad that I could, you know, stream for a little bit and then kind of shed more light on the game as it is. But I'm I'm very high on it. So. All right. Yield. So I can't remember if I said this last week, but uh got the platinum in Horizon Forbidden West. I think Wait. you got it after the show. Okay. I couldn't remember. So I, I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West. I've been playing uh, some Rocket League. Been playing some World of Warship Legends. Been playing some Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And your thoughts? It, you know, at first I was kind of like, eh. You know, not absolutely loving it. Love the the the, the writing. Especially, especially when one of the goons for hire was negotiating with Nefarious on better pay. But that was, that was funny. Um, and, and then I've been, uh, playing another game called Truck Driver. I think that's it. But Ratchet and Clank, I like it. The more I got into the game, the more I like it. The more I liked the, the whole, uh, pocket dimensions and using the rifts to, to jump from one spot to another and, it, it it just takes a little bit because it's kind of weird. My only down thing of it is the bolts and the nuts are so small, you can't see the damn things. I don't remember having that problem. Yeah, me me neither. But I mean, like you know, everyone has their own experience. So I mean, obviously, it's it's a if it's a problem for yield, then that's something that's you know legitimate. And, you know, there there are maybe other people I mean, that have I mean, that too. It's it's not like a real them. negative. It's just like. You know, sometimes you can see them just fine. Other times they just 
because they're so small. If they were bigger, you'd be like, okay, it's, it's hiding over there, it's over there. But anyway, I guess I guess when I play those kind of games, I just throw my body full force into the boxes, the crates, and uh, I'm just already in the possible space where I could be to uh, to collect anything. So I'm I'm right up in there. I'm all up in there. So collecting those things was never a problem for me. Alright, and I've been playing Lego Star Wars. I just finished up all of the collectibles in the open world, and now the only thing I have left to do is uh, get the two Jedi, get all the challenges, and get all the mini kits in the free play levels, which there's I only have 35 more levels to do, so it shouldn't take that long. It's just a matter of getting in there, finding out the challenges. The challenges are the most annoying things, because it's random things like kill this guy with the force or take this shortcut and if you don't know what to do you're definitely going to miss it. Uh, so, I gotta go back and do all those. What's your play time now in that game? It's gotta be over 70 hours. Oh, I thought you were over 100 no, hours no, no, already. I, you know, I, I said that on the show and I, I meant to correct myself. I thought that, you know, as much time as, but I looked at the, because the PlayStation 5 keeps track of how long you played in a game and after that show, it was 50 hours, so I, I, you know, I'm just assuming I've done 20 more hours at least, so I'm probably, if not close to them, over 70 hours. Uh, the other thing I've been playing is The Division, uh, the new countdown, uh, mini raid, as people are calling it, is absolutely fantastic, it's challenging, it's, it's a, it's a 15 minute raid in and out, you're, and this one you can at least match make with, so you can get with people. And if you get the right enough people that know what the hell they're doing, you can, uh, it's definitely a loot farm. You can go in there and get 30 to 40 pieces of loot uh, in 15 minutes, which is absolutely incredible. And you could target your loot. So if you're looking for a particular gear piece or uh, gun or something like that, you can set your targeted loot to that and run in there. And you'll have like a, like, you know, like I said, you get anywhere from 30 to 45 pieces dropping, depending on how good your squad is. So there's a good chance you're going to get it. Uh, so, And that's all I've been playing because I was going to play Rock Band, but apparently they're doing a Green Day special. And since I can't stand Green Day and I think one of the worst bands in the world, I am not doing that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not even Green Day. I apologize. Green Day was last week. This week it's the Foo Fighters. I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan. Well, that's kind of blasphemous, but I, I mean, I like their music, but I'm I'm not going to go out and you know buy all their DLC. Okay, I can understand uh, that. I mean, I mean, even if someone wasn't a big fan of the Foo Fighters, I I can understand that. But I mean, they're, it's one of those bands that I think that most people can see that they're a good band and they make good music, even if it's yeah. not for you. Uh and before we get into the show proper, I just want to uh, uh, send uh, I don't know, not a shout out, but. Uh, just remember, uh, Ray Liotta passed away, and you know he was a big impact on you know actor on my childhood. Uh, he was in a lot of good movies. Um, so want to give a you know just say that you know it's sad that he passed, and you know I'm gonna miss him personally. Yeah, that's the in- that's the unfortunate thing about getting older is like a lot of the celebrities that we grew up watching, whether they be movie stars, television stars, people who made video games, people musicians. We're getting to the age where people start to pass because, you know, because chronic issues, because of old age. I mean, Ray Liotta wasn't really that old, so I mean, it's, it's definitely sad to see. You would have hoped you would have had a few more years 
more than a few more years on Earth. But uh, yeah, we're 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 old enough now to where that stuff is happening quite a bit, unfortunately. Uh, he was sixty-one, I believe. I thought he was a little older, but I could be wrong. I know Bill I Paxton died at sixty-one I a few years I ago. This. He was sixty-seven. Yeah. Still, though, pretty. I mean, young still. When you consider medical science and where and what the average di- uh, life expectancy for males and females are, yeah, I, I was introduced to him in Goodfellas, but uh, I thought he did a fantastic job in Field of Dreams. And if anybody doesn't know, he was actually the voice of Tommy Frusetti in uh, the original Grand Theft Auto yeah. Vice City. I had no, I had completely forgotten he was in Field of Dreams, or never knew. Yeah, he played uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. Not good. But uh, you know, there's, there's still plenty of things to celebrate here. Let's talk about celebrating and the fact that PlayStation has announced a summer state of play broadcast, and it's coming very soon. If you're listening to this, it's actually tomorrow. Uh, the state of play will air for just under a half an hour, starting at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. UK time, and that's June 3rd at 8 a.m. for AEST. I assume that's Australia. No idea. Uh, the show promises to reveal from Sony's third-party partners, and, quote, a sneak peek at several games in development for PlayStation VR 2, end quote. Doesn't sound as though PlayStation first-party exclusives will be a huge part of this particular broadcast. It's worth noting that Sony has recently distinguished its between its state-of-play broadcast, shorter broadcast with announcements often grouped along the theme, and its PlayStation Showcase event. So, uh, the digital showcase replaced what used to be Sony's in-person E3 conference. Typically, it's the biggest and most notable reveal of upcoming games and announcements. Last year, Sony waited until September for its full showcase, which included the first gameplay of God of War Ragnarok, a tease for Insomniac's uh, Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine games, and a Knights of the Old Republic remake. So, anything that you're looking forward to ho- or hoping to see in this state of play, we'll start with Rick. Um, well, to be honest, I never normally watch these things. Or, or when I do, I'm just completely underwhelming, I find, most of the time. But now you said that there's going to be some um, PSVR 2 stuff in it, I might watch this one. I'm always on the lookout for more VR stuff. All right. Uh, Alex? So I think a lot of people were hoping, or at least speculating, that this would be the God of War showcase. And it's very um, obvious that's not going to happen this time. Because when they showcase that, it's going to be the only game they show. Let's be real. So they obviously don't have enough footage that they feel that they want to show off, or you know maybe they're you know going to keep to a September is the big is our big show and we're going to you know show off you know it off there. So personally, I, I said it early, uh, in the Facebook chat, and I think that you liked it. Is I want Sly Cooper, the next Sly Cooper, to be revealed because that's that's the one where you can showcase with you know along a number of other uh, other games. But you said that it didn't look like Sony's first party was going to be a big part of this, so maybe not. So, I mean, we're ripe for a new Sly Cooper game, but if it doesn't seem like that's on the table, at least for this showcase. So, honestly, I don't really know what they're going to show off, personally. I'm going to try not to fall asleep when I watch it. (laughs) All right. I mean, I'm being honest. It doesn't sound like there's going to be really anything that they're going to announce that I'm going to be like, all right! I hope I'm wrong. Oh, there didn't they say that Stray was supposed to come out? Like, didn't it get dated for sometime in June or July? I saw pop, something pop up recently about that. So, Stray is probably a game they're gonna gonna focus on for this, this showcase. The, the one with the because that is the, that is VR. Yeah, that's the so that's VR, isn't it? I don't think. 
Stray. I don't think Stray's severe, I know. Hmm. Is that the one where you've got the cat? It's a stray cat? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's severe, I know. Uh, yes, they were talking about Stray's release date might have been leaked, but it's still not officially dated for, um... It said uh, it might have been leaked to be July 19th, although it's not been officially confirmed, and it's apparently still just a... A 2022 release. Yeah, and they, and they definitely could do another state of play before then. They they can do one next month. It's not unheard of. Sony has announced Horizon series for Netflix, a God of War series for Amazon, and a Gran Turismo show. This is coming from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN. Revealed in an investor briefing on May 26th and confirmed by industry insiders including David Gibson on Twitter, Sony President Jim Ryan revealed during the Q&A that the company was expanding its entertainment advertations even further. The long-rumored God of War series and other shows will join PlayStation exclusives including The Last of Us, Uncharted, and Ghost of Tsushima and being adapted into other media, although there's no indication as to when these series will be released. The variety in streaming platforms isn't terribly surprising either, as Sony has favored, hasn't favored any service in particular so far. The Last of Us show will air on HBO, for example, while the Twisted Metal series is going to Peacock. Netflix, which will be home to the Horizon show, has already shown a strong interest in video game adaptations and video games themselves, with the likes of its hit League of, Le- League of Legends arcane series and the Castlevania anime series. Amazon Studios, meanwhile, is currently working on a full-out TV series from the creators of Westworld, and the Mass Effect show is also coming to Prime Video. It's also worth noting, and I don't know why they didn't mention it, you also have The Witcher on Netflix. Uh, Which is very good. The Witcher has been very good so far, and I've never even played any of the games, and I'm down for I, it. So. I, I still have to watch the second season. Uh, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to comment first, sir. On... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, um, so I think that this is an area where Sony can do really well, even better than Microsoft, because we know that they've got a Master Chief television series. I think that um, Sony can do this even better with its properties because they do have a focus on a lot of story-based, uh, story-driven narratives, you know, that, that make that pull you into that world, especially with very realistic characters. So I think that Sony, I mean, I, I talk about, I say that, and we just talked about a Twisted Metal TV show, but... I think that Sony can definitely do that much better than Microsoft. Like, they have Sony Pictures, so they can bring a lot of this stuff to life. You know, not just video games, but also capitalize on that through television and movie and whatnot. I also like that this, they're going with television productions instead of movies. Because, you know, we've talked about movies to game or games to movies, and hasn't always worked out well. And you think about, like, the lore and history and the story, just a lot of these, these uh, franchises, and they don't really seem to fit for you know, a movie screen, like they're like the like they're too big for a movie screen and you would have to cut too much story and background to fit it. And I think that, you know, the hour long short show format where you could do seasons of it or just like a, a special series gives so much more time to flesh everything out. So I'm honestly glad to hear that a lot of these are going to television production. And, you know, with all the different platforms they are, you know, gonna be on, they reach more people because not everyone's gonna have all the platforms, so they're gonna reach more people. And you're like more likely to have people willing to invest if you're not trying to put a lot of properties on them. So it's not like, hey, Peacock, we want to make, you know, a, a Last of Us. We want to make uh, an Uncharted series. We want to make God of War. We want to make all these series. Can you do this for us? They're more likely to have investors if they're spreading out uh, their properties across more uh, companies. So, but yeah, I uh, I think that we talked a little bit about this, but uh, some of those properties don't seem 
Uh, Gran Turismo was kind of the, the sore, sore, sore thumb that stuck out, but a lot of the other ones, you know, seemed very good as far as, like, the potential that they could be. And I know that Yield kind of felt the same way, where he, he specifically mentioned Gran Turismo was kind of the odd duck out. Alright, Yield, do you want to expand on that? Well, no, um, Gran Turismo is the odd duck out. I mean, I don't really see how you're going to make a week-to-week you know, you're going to have to shoehorn in the racing, so to speak, for a TV show. Um, I, I It feels like this is the new thing now. All of a sudden, we got to take our big video games and we got to make TV shows. So now the market's going to become oversaturated and they're not going to be so special. Uh, Horizon, I hope that they do something within the universe instead of retrying to tell me the story that I've already played because I don't really would want to watch that. All right. Rick, you any comments? Uh, yeah, well, I, when I first saw that Gran Turismo one, I didn't think it'd be like a, a drama type thing. I thought maybe they'd do something like Top Gear or um, the, the Grand Tour, was it called, that Jeremy Clarkson right. and that did on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I thought it, I, th- that's my first thought. It'd be a show like that. I mean, I still wouldn't watch it, but um, yeah. Uh, and the, the the other stuff they're making, I've I've no interest in it myself. I might watch it years down the line when it all when it's all there, ready to binge at once. But I'm, I, I find very little time to watch TV programs at the minute. Like Stranger Things Four's just come out, and I really want to watch that, but I'm struggling to find any time to watch them. And it doesn't help that some of them are like an hour and a quarter long. So they're not even like fifty minutes. That are, you know, I could find fifty minutes somewhere. I can't find an hour and a quarter somewhere. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I think Rick brings up an interesting point about it being more of like because obviously it's more simulation style when it comes to uh, Gran Turismo. You know, the very gearhead like centric people where they know tons about cars and they want to know the ins and outs and everything. So having a show that's more like focused on cars but not dramatized, where it's like. Not like a scripted television show where it's just people go in and they talk about cars and show off cars. Like that might, I think that would be a much better way to do that than just have like a too fast, too furious style thing for Polyphony and Sony. Yeah, my my worries with the shows is kind of like what uh, Yield touched on is the fact that it, if they try to rehash the stories that we already know, retell the stories that we already know with Horizon or God of War, it, it's it's not going to end well because people already know that story. And then, you know, if you're starting to tell other stories, you know, it's, it doesn't seem, it doesn't make the games as special. Like you go to, you go play horizon, you go play the last of us, you go play the God of war because you're intrigued by the story. I mean, the combat in those games is, is one thing, but I mean, a lot of people are very invested into the characters. And if you give us too much of those characters, it doesn't make the games as special. So I, I kind of side with Yield on this a little bit on the fact that, you know, it's great that they're trying to go to other media platforms, but don't oversaturate it. All right, let's move on to our next thing. Uh, Rick, I didn't know this was going to be a good topic for you, but apparently it's going to. Coming from IGN and written by Ryan Dinsdale. PlayStation VR 2 will launch with more than 20 major games, including seemingly the, hori- inc- seemingly including the Horizon virtual reality game Call of the Mountain. Revealed in Sony's la- latest investor briefing, 
There are, quote, 20-plus first-party and third-party titles confirmed for the VR2 at launch, end quote. Interesting, the slide uses Horizon Call of the Mountain, the VR game set in the world of Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, and its image to go alongside the launch game reveal. While Sony hasn't confirmed that Call of the Mountain will be a launch title uh, explicitly, the investor briefing certainly makes it appear to be so. Other titles confirmed for the VR2 include the late RPG uh, Samurai Slaughterhouse, Cyberpunk S Lo-Fi, fast-paced racer shooter, shoot, fast-paced racer shooter runner. That's a mouthful. Narrative adventure fir- firmament, and hit deception game Among Us. Some developers are also confirmed to be working on the VR2 games, but are yet to announce what games they are, including Apex Con- Constructs fast travel games, Firewall Zero's First Contact Entertainment. Ghostbuster VRs and Dreams and Gang Beast Coat Sync software. Sony announced it was working on a next generation VR headset back in August of 2020, but only officially revealed the headset last February. The new controllers are also revealed a month later, and in June, a report emerged that said Sony plans to release its new headset in holiday 2020, though this remains unconfirmed. Rick, uh, apparently you are the only one on the show that likes VR. Uh, are you excited about this at all? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's nice to hear that they're going to support it. Uh, I was very surprised when they said they were going to make a version two because I didn't think the version one was that much of a success. It's like, so it was it's two million units or something it sold, or um, I think they celebrated it selling two million units. I said it sold better than expected, but I didn't think they'd be making a second one. Uh, but some of the best games I've played. We're on the VR original one. That uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners was my game of the year the year it came out. It's an absolutely fantastic experience. Uh, playing Skyrim in VR was incredible. I'd, so I'd love it in VR too. They've got this um, Fallout 4 came out on the PC in VR. I'd love to play that in VR. But I, I don't know how that'll work now with Microsoft owning them. Uh, but yeah, it's just nice to hear they're going to support it. I just it. looked it up. Actually, VR has sold 5 million units. Suppose. How many did the Vita sell? Uh, Vita sales? Hold on. Hold on. That's what I mean. It's like the Vita, the Vita was a failure, but the VR is a, a winner. I don't understand that. By September eighteen, September of 18, uh, it says it sold 16 million units. So that was four years ago. Over, yeah, accor- according to the Wikipedia page. Which I don't know. Like I said, it's, it was updated last in in eighteen, so I don't know if it's been up. You know how many sales are there? Because I think officially uh, they stopped supporting in nineteen. So I don't know if uh, sales would have jumped up too much, but yeah, that's what the Wikipedia page says. Well, I mean, guys, this is the real tell, right? With all the how heavy their PSVR support's going to be, because. You know, they made the PSP and then they made the Vita and, you know, the after that it was done. So to see them make a PSVR 2 is not necessarily like, you know, like, oh, Sony's going to get fully behind this. So to see them support it and, and, you know, put more serious money into it and get, you know, serious uh, about supporting the 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 unit itself, like it's it's going to be a real test here for the PSVR 2 to see how they how they do with this, because. They can always abandon VR after this, if, you know, second time out. They did it once before with the handheld market. So if they continue to support it, you know, maybe that guarantees a PSVR 3. All right. 
Moving on to our last topic before we go into our topic of the week. Coming from IGN and written by Casey David Taylor. Sony expects to be done with PS4 games by 2025. At the latest Sony investor presentation, Sony revealed that it plans to be done with PlayStation 4 games by 2025. Additionally, the company also explored the growth that they've had in PC and mobile realms and used numbers to examine the past and predict the future of releases. In the fiscal year of 2019, almost all of Sony's releases were on PS4, but the estimated spread for 2020's fiscal year accounts for Sony's recent success on PC and includes their foray into the mobile as well. For 2025, there is a nary mention of the PlayStation 4. Instead, the graph broadcast releases for the PlayStation 5. Sony expects that PC should account for around 30 uh, mobile 20% and the rest of that fiscal year's releases. Many current games like Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West can be found on both PS4 and PS5, but according to Sony's projections, that will be a thing of the past within three years. Elsewhere, the presentation largely focused on how the company plans to expand its reach to more people, what it's doing to get there, and what it's currently working on. One thing that is working is Sony's dive into the world of PC gaming. The company is projected to make a staggering $300 million in net sales at the end of this fiscal year next March. Their venture towards mobile and PC gaming aligns with Sony's goal to move from a console-centric approach to a future where large elements of our community extend beyond the console. There have been several big-name PlayStation 5-only releases such as Returnal and Deathloop that found success despite being only available on one Sony console. With the release of Sony's first official PlayStation 5 bundle, we're hoping that let's hope we're moving to a future where even more are available. Uh, and just if you didn't know, there is a PlayStation 5 uh, bundle that's bundled with Horizon Forbidden West that's basically just the console and the game. It's not like a special console. So, Yield, I'm going to go to you um, because you were the last holdout for the PlayStation 4 within our little group here. Uh, and I know you're very much an advocate of, you know, every time we talk about PlayStation 5 games, like even when we did the list last week, you're you're very much the one that points out, well, no, this is also available on the PS4. So are you happy to see them moving on? Well, they should. I thought they should have already been doing that before now, even with the chip shortage. So, yes, you should. You know, you support it for a couple of years and move on. I don't think they should be supporting it through... Um, what is it? Would you say 23? 25. 25? Yeah, I think that's too long. Only because for the fact of the four games suffer because all your attention's on the five. All right, Rick? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. That's it's too long. It should be next year, really. Just, just well. Suppose not everyone's got a five, have they? It's easy to say when you've got one. <laughs> it's very easy to say when you have I one. <laughs> yeah. I suppose if they if they stopped it next year, I'd be a bit pissed off if I had a four. But wait, wait the five came out in twenty one, didn't it? Or did it come out in twenty? Uh it came out in twenty. Yeah, three years. No, next. Yeah, next year. Sorry, if you haven't got a, if you haven't got a five by next year, so. Uh, and Alex? Um, well, we also got to remember that um, Sony, and I saw this on GameSpot and I shared it with the group, It's uh, the news was that Sony says half of its PlayStation releases will be on PC and mobile by 2025, so they are supporting other platforms and there are other ways to play PlayStation games, uh, PC being a huge market, and you know mobile as well. 
So, I mean, Sony's finding more ways to get their games out there. Sony obviously sees the, uh, they have the data behind who's playing what and how many people are playing what, and they can obviously project out how many consoles they can make and sell. I, I don't know, I, I just, they gotta find a way to get as many of their games out to as many people as possible, and, and I think that getting to the PC and mobile is going to help, uh, alleviate some of the issues with getting out PlayStation 5s. Not that everyone has a PC, but a lot of people play on mobile. Maybe not the same experience as you can get on a PS5 or on a PC, but I think that you know they're 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 finding ways that make them more comfortable about you know maybe moving on to the newer generation. Um, maybe not as soon as they would have liked, but they'll get there eventually. So, see my my concern. I mean, obviously, at some point you have to move on and stop supporting your last gen console, but you also have to understand that. They're even though they're not been announced and nobody's really talking about it yet, you have to assume that there is going to be a pro version of the PS5 and the Xbox uh, series coming out within the next year or two. There's already there's already rumors about that. Those rumors popped up this week. Well, what I'm saying is nobody's nobody's really talking about they talk about the rumors, but I'm saying it's not been like a foray. And now combined with this news, you have to assume that by the time the pro comes out. They're going to want a majority of their games coming out for the 5 and not the 4 as well. Because the the games are going to be made to optimize the pro system and whatnot. So when you're talking about that Sony plans to be done by 2025, uh, to me that also seems really long. Like I'm in agreement that it should be done by 2023 at the latest 2024. To push it, you you know, we're talking another three years out and still supporting PS4 games. And also, like Rick pointed out, it's it's very easy for us to say that because we all own fives, and we could care less if they stop making P- PlayStation 4 games. No, no I, I, I would say that even if I owned a 4. Really? Yes. So you would, if you didn't own a 5, you would be okay with no games being able to play until you were able to buy a 5? Yes. So I, I don't... There's an argument that I don't understand and it's this idea that I have a PS5, there are games that are getting put on the 4 and the 5, and I feel slighted because I have a PS5 and other people can play these games, or it's less of an experience because it's on both consoles. Like, I don't need to have God of War or Horizon Forbidden West be exclusive to the 5. Uh, if more people can play it, that's great. But having those games be on the 4 as well doesn't diminish the fact or the enjoyment that I get from my PlayStation 5. Yeah, they've had fewer exclusives on the console. Like, you know, moving from one generation to another, they've had Ratchet, they've had Returnal, they've had, you know, a few others. There haven't been as many of those as people maybe expected. There is, you know, obviously the issues with the pandemic, the uh, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic that, that forced them to change their strategy. But as a PlayStation 5 owner, I'm not like, wow, PlayStation, people on the PlayStation 4 can play Horizon? That's my my entire purchase of a PS5 is ruined. I, I hate the fact that well, I had The run-in theory, and I don't know that I fully support it either, but the run-in theory is that if the game is coming out for the 4, that we're not getting the full potential of the 5 version because they've had to dub it down so it works on the okay, 4 as well. You, you, you and I played Horizon Forbidden West Did that ever, on the 5. Did that same game seem dumbed down? But that, but that, okay. No, but that's not... Okay, but that doesn't really prove the point that it that the five wasn't dumbed down because 
we arguably, and I'm saying this arguably, I'm not, I'm not playing devil's advocate here. Arguably, they're saying that Horizon Forbidden West could have been better graphically, voice, vo- uh, audio wise, or feature wise. It could have been better if they didn't have to make the four version. The fact that we played the PlayStation Five version and it basically looks the same, it plays the same, and other than the haptic feedback, you we really don't see a change. The argument goes to say that if they didn't have to make the four version, they could have spent more time developing the five version. And we could have gotten more story, more gameplay, more features, whatever the case may be. That's the argument. And I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's the argument is that as long as you have to develop for the lowest common denominator, in this case, the PlayStation 4, we don't get what we the full potential of what we could get for a 5. Horizon didn't need more of anything. That was a a game packed with content, and it, it, it was plenty on its own. But... I mean, you call these theories. No one has come out and said this. No one's proven this. So right now, it's just people theorizing. Well, though? I mean, reality, how could you prove that we could have gotten more for Horizon? But why Why am I going to get pissed off and upset over theories that people make because they assume things? Like, I, again, I played Horizon Forbidden West. The game looked phenomenal. It's one of the best gaming looking games I've ever played in my entire life. And I... I don't see, after playing that game, I would never say, oh, well, the PS4 version held us back. Like, never. And again, I'm not going to just go on some people theorizing that this is what happened or this is the reasoning behind it. No. All right, Rick? I mean, it, it seems obvious to me that it's, if you're, if you're releasing it on two consoles, it must be being held back somehow. It must be. But the, the, four, the 4 was a very good console. And I don't see, I don't know how much of a step up the 5 is. I haven't, I have no idea about anything that's inside a PlayStation 5. So I don't know how much of a step up it is. But there, there must be something. You're releasing a game on the 4 and the 5. There must be something holding it back. There must be. Alright, Yield. Do you fall into the theory or are you like Alex? Like you refuse to accept that a version got held back just because somebody's theorizing it? Well. I don't get mad if people are theorizing. I mean, that that's their opinion. It sounds like you could want to say more. It's- well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just confused as to what you're asking. Okay. Well, this, like I said to, to uh, before, the standard theory is that if a game is coming out for the 4 and the 5, that you have to develop for the lowest common denominator, in this case, the PlayStation 4. So, people argue and theorize that the Vive, like, if the game solely came out on the Five, we would get better graphics, better audio, better story, better, you know, more gameplay, more, you know, more things in the game to play, but it got held back because they had to develop for the Four, and then we couldn't get what could be the full potential of a Five game. Well, I mean, that that's obvious with Cyberpunk. So, I mean, I would say, yeah. But I'm not. But I'm not going to get upset that people theorize or and, and everything. I just that that's my opinion that it gets held back, and that's not everybody's opinion. All right, all right. So with that being said, uh, we're going to play the sound that apparently Zach and Joe don't like. Time to check my social media, yeah. And and before I get called out, Rick, 
what's your opinion on the audio? Do you like it? Don't like it? Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. So we don't have any questions. So yield. I'm gonna draw from you for this. Uh, you asked a question in the Facebook group. Uh, said most of us have been gaming since the NES days. Let's say you're having a conversation with someone who's never played a video game in their life, but is about to start. They've come to you for a list of must-play games to start their journey. What 10 games are you giving them? Uh, now, obviously, Rick and Alex, you don't have to give you know the, the, the full 10 games, but just some answers in the comments. Duplex says Mario 64, Link to the Past, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 7, Elden Ring, The Last of Us, Mega Man 2, Symphony of the Night, Resident Evil 2, and Goldeneye. So before I read other answers, uh, Rick, oh, actually, you did answer in the, the comments. I, I answered. All right, so there. give us your list of games. <clears throat> okay, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 2, Super Mario World, Skyrim, Minecraft, Buster Move 2, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, there's a lot of 2s in here, <laughs> Final Fantasy 10, Gran Turismo 2, and Theme Park. All right. Alex, do you have a little bit of a list or a full list? Oh, I'm always kind of ruminating over, you know, oh, what's what are some games in history that uh, that I would recommend to people? Um, just kind of off the top of my head, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Shadow of the Colossus, although I probably wouldn't recommend that to Tricky, um, Mega Man 3, Mega Man X, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, let's see, Twisted Metal Black, try to think, uh, well, No Mercy on Nintendo 64 would be kind of a specialized one since it's a wrestling game, and I don't think everybody would be down for that. Uh, Castle Crashers, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Turtles in Time, Super Punch Out. I mean, I'm, obviously, there's a whole bunch of recent ones I would I would recommend, but uh, I mean, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. So uh, I'm trying to think of anything that I. I mean, there's so many, but those are the ones that come immediately in my head. Uh, Yield, I know you didn't give an answer. Do you have a list of your ten games? Uh, I can spit out some. No, I, I was kind of still thinking what I would do. Uh, okay. Do you want some time to think? I'll read somebody else's answers. Super Mario 3. Uh, Ocarina of Time. GoldenEye. Mario Kart. Uh, Uncharted 2. The Last of Us. Rogue Squadron on the ends on the super, I think it was. Uh, off the top of my head right now, that's all I can pull up. Which Mario Kart? Game? I would, I would probably go with the first one. Super, yeah. All right. Uh, David Bray says Pac-Man, Super Mario World, Doom, Ducktales, Skyrim. Ark, Rainbow Six Vegas 2, Arkham Asylum, Halo 2, and Mario Kart. He doesn't define which Mario Kart. Matt G says Soul Calibur 2, NBA Jam, Sonic and Knuckles, Mario Galaxy 2, Final Fantasy 10, A Link to the Past, still the best Zelda game, Half-Life 2, Silent Hill, Team Fortress 2, and Sudoken 2. And Sid says... Suikoden? Suikoden. Sudoken? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Suikoden, but anyone can is, is welcome to uh, rebuff me on that or tell me I'm wrong. And it says Wonder Boy in Monster World, Super Metroid, Dark Souls, Maximo, Dynamite Heady, 
SimCity on the SNES, Elden Ring, Metroid Prime, A Link to the Past, and Devil's Crush. Um, off the top of my head, I would say Metal Gear Solid, Link to the Past, uh, Mario 3, Last of Us, uh, the any of the God of War games. <sighs> I'm thinking off the top of my head. Um, if you want some low-back key games, uh, the Lego games, depending on your favorite series, whether it be Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, go play that Lego game. Uh, that's all I have off the top of my head. Yeah, that's it. That's it for me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that, like, 20 minutes later after we start oh, recording, you'll think, you'll think of one of us game, is going to yeah. think of... Yeah, it's like, oh, man, I should have said this game because I really love this game. But, yeah, I mean, I think those are some pretty good suggestions overall. All right. Uh, so before we go into our topic of the week, uh, I also want to announce, uh, I also want to say I didn't put this in the agenda, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor was announced, which is the sequel to Fallen Order. Uh, the only comment that uh, somebody left was Yield, who says, the title isn't grabbing me for that's for sure. It's not. I'm just not Jones for that title. All right. Well, maybe if we get more, maybe it make more sense. Well, uh, and I'm sure it will, because I was confused with Fallen Order at first, and then we get to playing the game, and I'm like, oh, uh, I get it now, but I'm sure Survivor will be the same way, but it's definitely not one of the things of, you know, when you think Star Wars and they slap on Survivor, you're like, what? All right. So our topic of the week is coming from the rollout of the new PlayStation Plus. the article, uh, original article, which uh, has been updated with the updates. Apparently, there was some, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is, shenanigans uh, with the rollout in Asia. Uh, This article is coming from pushsquare.com and is written by Sammy Barker. I'm going to read the entire article, so please go give it a click. Uh, And then there are three updates to the story. And that's what our topic of the week is going to be. Sony has roughly two weeks to avoid a shitstorm of epic proportions in the West, assuming the news coming out of Asia will be consistent here. The new PlayStation Plus launched in countries like Hong Kong and Taiwan overnight, but local gamers are absolutely irate at the way the platform holders handle upgrades. Effectively, it's wiping out any discounts that memberships may have been purchased with and is also demanding an upfront fee to upgrade stacked subscriptions. All of this has resulted in some users being quoted hundreds of dollars in order to upgrade from the PlayStation Plus Essential to either Extra or Deluxe, the alternative version of PlayStation Premium available in countries without cloud streaming functionality. It's worth noting that instances like this will be limited as the frankly frightening figures only apply to people who've stacked subscriptions several years into the future, but the backlash will be enormous if this occurs in the United States and Europe. Those who stack subscriptions, after all, are likely to be the most dedicated, loyal, and vocal customers. To further expand on what Asian players are angry about, those who have active PlayStation Essential memberships into, say, 2026, are being quoted the price of four full years in order to upgrade to the Extra or Deluxe. There's no way to upgrade for, say, one year and then return to Essential for the rest of the term. Sony will charge you the difference to upgrade, but the upfront fees are being shared are enormous. To make matters worse, unfathomably, the Japanese giant is wiping out historical discounts on, historical discounts on subscriptions purchased through the PlayStation Store. 
So if, for example, you bought your membership while it was on sale and then chose to upgrade, it will bump up the price difference to erode the savings you originally earned. This basically means that it's retroactively eliminating any deals it may have offered on subscriptions in the past. Though evidence online to confirm this is all happening right now in Asia, but of course it's possible things may be handled differently in the West. They were going to contact Sony and try to get confirmation on how it's tracking the issue in North America and Europe, and they're going to update the story, and that's what we're going to go into now. So before I go into the updates, does anybody want to comment on this? Okay. So update one, a Sony support email from Hong Kong employee spotted on reset error appears to confirm that the platform home will erode discounts on previously purchased subscriptions when users look to upgrade their plus memberships. While some have argued this may be a mistake and that the organization would never stoop this low, the translate correspondence uh, the translated correspondence suggests differently. The message as Google translated explains quote if you need to upgrade to the second or third tier of the membership, you need to make up the difference in the previous discounted price first to return to the normal price. For example, a one-year subscription in Hong Kong money is three hundred eight, and the discounted price was one eighty-seven sixty. So the difference is one twenty forty divided by the number of remaining months. Those with stack subscriptions will not have to pay the full-time term of the membership upfront to upgrade, but will have any discounts as previously earned eradicated. We've contacted Sony to try to get clarification on this, and they were waiting for comment. Alright, update two. After effectively admitting that the intended wipeout historical discounts looking to upgrade their memberships, it's beginning to look as Sony has backtracked. The company, perhaps sensing a colossal backlash, has made some adjustments to its upgrade calculation tool, ignoring any previous deals that may have been taken advantage of. And then there's a picture of uh, what it looks like in Thailand. And then the third update, news of the PlayStation upgrades in Asia potentially eroding any historical res discounts resonated around the world and has forced Sony to release a statement in which it claims it was a technical error that has now been resolved. In a tweet by Ask PlayStation, it says, due to a technical error, players in Asia who have previously purchased a PlayStation Plus membership at a discount that have been incorrectly charged for their upgrade pricing. This error has been fixed and impacted players will receive a credit we thank you for your patience. Uh, and then uh, the article goes on to say, we argue that the only here is that the company got caught. At least its response has been swift. All right. So that's all the news so far with the with the discount. I do have another link here, but I want to open up for discussion before we go into uh, furthermore. So, Rick, we'll start with you because we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, within the last week. Uh where I said, I think this was really a technical glitch because something seems fishy with this with me. I don't think it was a technical glitch at all. It was, it was Sony just trying to get more money out of people. It was definitely Sony trying to get more money out of people. And they're like, oh shit, people don't like this. Maybe we better not do that. Because if it was a technical glitch, I'm pretty sure they'd have said within like the first couple of hours of it coming out, but it took about three days, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it was two or three days, yeah. Yeah, so they've, they've had some top-level meetings, haven't they? And go, right, we're not looking good here, boys. What are we going to do? Oh, well, we'll give refunds to people. But I bet the refund isn't going back to your bank. I bet it's going into PlayStation Store credit as well. That'll, that'll be the next backlash. Yield, your comments on this? Uh, when I saw the initial article, I... Uh, 
was hoping it was kind of a glitch, but at the same time, wouldn't have been surprised if Sony was trying to pull something like this. And then it, it blew up. So. All right. Alex? Yeah, I posted this in the Facebook group, and I was like, man, you know, I defended, I'll defend Sony on a lot of stuff, but this, I was like, I think Turkey and I are going to be on the same side. I, yeah, I, I feel like if this was a glitch, they would have gotten, like, they have people who read social media, they have people who would have gotten out on this in, at the very beginning. Um, so it definitely kind of feels like they were testing the waters because there's no way they just kind of sat on this and waited as long as they did to respond. It would have been immediate. Or as immediate as, as they could do. So, I, uh, Sony, there's already been, you know, uh, some, there's been a lot of positivity about PlayStation Plus. You know, more and more comes out. You know, it seems like, oh, people get more interested. Um, so I think that there's been definitely good and bad with this rollout. So it seems like, you know, even though they were, they were starting to gain positivity for it with some of the announcements they've made, then they have this giant step back where it's like, you don't need that, Sony. You're trying to gain momentum. You've announced some good things don't fuck with it and they tried to fuck with it seemingly and people were pissed and i completely understand that look sony i'm all for you know i I look at the playstation 5 as an investment and by investing in sony i'm expecting sony you know to do well financially and to support their studios and to put out good games and you know as people who own the playstation 5 we would we should want to give our money to sony you know not all our money but uh and not spend stupidly but we should there should be a balance there where it's a good relationship between sony and us and we are supporting them, and they were supporting us and the consoles that we bought with fantastic content that we enjoyed playing for years. So I I understand the need for the customers to support Sony, but then again, Sony also doesn't need to kind of unbalance that to where they're trying to tip it more into their, um, where it's more positive for them and less positive for their consumers, and you know, just basically trying to get more money. So. They were already in a rough situation when it comes to the uh, the cards and getting some negative feedback as far as like the PS Now cards and people trying to stack stuff, which again, I was more on Sony's side on that. But, you know, announcing this, like this is just a bad look, especially since it came right as the new service launched in Taiwan and Hong Kong. And it's just like, there was no heads up about this. It was just Sony, something Sony tried to do. So again, Sony's been knocked for its commun- communication and the way they relay information to people and just at times, just the way they can be kind of cold when it comes to, you know, their customers and like, oh, well, you know, taking for granted that people, yes, want to buy PlayStation. So it was a bad look. They knew it wasn't going to go well in the West. They saw how people uh, in the East responded and it's, yeah, they, they've called it off and reversed it and they, they absolutely should. So it, it don't, don't fuck with any positive press that you, uh, that you have Sony, because I definitely don't believe that any press is positive press. Like there's definitely bad press that can make people not want to spend money on PlayStation plus. So just don't, don't fuck with anything you've gotten. That's good. See, see, and the reason I say this sounds a little fishy to me and that I'm, I, I tend to believe that there was some kind of a glitch. I don't know if it's a technical glitch, but some, some kind of glitch is because it, it, if I bought, like me, I bought my cards from Amazon on a Black Friday sale. And that was Amazon selling to me at a cheaper price. Sony, you know, obviously sold those cards to Amazon for however much. And just, uh, you know, arguably, let's say they sold it to them for $30. And then, you know, Amazon was going to take the profit on the other 30 where they sold the cards. If If Amazon or any kind of retailer decides to sell a card at a discounted rate, 
Sony's already made their money off that sale. They that's what they budgeted. That's what they sold. That's what they plan to make the profit they plan to make off of selling this to third party retailers. Any discount we get from a third party retailer, Sony doesn't have a right to recoup that money. So to me, like, and also, how would Sony be able to track how much I paid for my PlayStation Plus card from Amazon? Like, they've already made their sale to Amazon. They're not in Amazon's record saying, okay, Tricky bought 20 years worth at $30. He owes us 20 years of $30, you know, 20 times three, 30. Like, I don't see that happening. Like, I, I don't see how Sony could track that. So to turn around to me and send me an email and say, well, you got to pay us, you know, 20 years of, you know, at $30 to upgrade your service. And then you could pay to upgrade to, to premium. I don't see that happening. And, but I see all your points on the same aspect. Like, I, I, do I think Sony is stupid enough to try something like this? Yes. But I don't see that this was a legit thing. Like, there's some, there was some kind of glitch somewhere. Somebody made a decision somewhere that, because I don't see how Sony could track how much I paid to Amazon or the Best Buy or for whatever for my card. Cause Sony's already made their money. They're, they didn't budget that money. It's not like Sony took a loss. They made their profit selling it to the third party retailer. How much I paid to that third party retailer is none of Sony's concern. From what I read, it wasn't in that article, but it was just off what you, when you bought it from the PlayStation Store. So they wouldn't have been, fair enough, they wouldn't have been able to prove where you bought it from. But anyone that's bought it when they've got a deal on, on the PS Store, on, on the console, say they've got like a 25% off deal and they bought it, then they, they know exactly how much you paid because it's there on your account. Well, okay, with that, but, and, and, but I, I don't see Sony going back and saying, well, we sold you this at a discount before. Now you have to pay us full price because that's just bad, bad salesmanship. Exactly, but that, that's that's exactly what they were trying to do, though. I, 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 I'll take your point, but I, there's no way that they wouldn't have turned around and said it within the hour. No, sorry, hands up, right, there's been a technical error. They waited three days, there's been some meetings there, right, we shouldn't do this, guys. There must have been. I had a thought where, you know, when it comes to um, Sony... You know, Sony does the most damage to itself. Absolutely. It does the most um, self-inflicted bad PR shit to itself. I don't think, I mean, Microsoft pushes them to be better, to be more competitive, and to think more carefully about the way that they run their business. But Microsoft and Nintendo, I don't think Microsoft and Nintendo do um, the most to hurt Sony. I think Sony does the most to hurt Sony. So if they could just stop with these, you know, you know, self-inflicted wounds that they do on themselves, they could you know, like no one, like, I'm not gonna say no one could stop them, but they'd certainly be in a better position and, and, you know, wouldn't have to work because in the end, I don't think someone like Microsoft or Nintendo would ever put Sony out of business. At this point, I don't think any one of them is going to put the others out of business. I think they would have to be one to decide, okay, we're just not going to fool with this anymore because, you know, Microsoft has been around for 20 plus years now. Nintendo's, well, they haven't been making video game consoles for over a hundred years. They've certainly been around for a hundred years as a company and Sony's been around since the nineties. So, all these companies are very well established and, and have a strong foothold in the industry. But you think about Sony and it's just the stuff, the stuff they've done. It's like, man, y'all really have done the most damage to yourself. It's not Microsoft and Game Pass. All right. Uh, Yield, do you have anything to rebut what I said? No. Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't I just to me it just seems like I don't want to give Sony too much credit. I don't want to like sound like a, a Sony apologist. It just to me something about this just seems fishy and it seems like this was a, a, a straight up mistake by Sony. I don't think this was intentional. Calling it a, a technical glitch, I think it's just bad terminology. I I I don't see Sony going back on previous sales and saying, nope, we gave you this as a discount, but we want our money now. Because they probably got that discount being a subscriber to PlayStation Plus in the first place. <laughs> Why take away one of the benefits that uh, of a of a service that you're providing to charge more money for that service? Like that it 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 just doesn't seem a hundred percent like it. The sub part of the story that we're missing and Sony's doing, you know, is trying to backtrack and you know catch up and not get the bad press. I don't, it just seems weird to me. It just, it just, something's off, and Sony's, you know, trying to backpedal to avoid the bad press. But I don't. Know. To me, it just it, it doesn't seem fully right. So, all right. So before we go into our other topic of the week, uh, we do have to send it across the pond, uh, to where Rick is and listen to a Sid tell us about this week's Sophie's Trophy. Well, nice. Hello, my friends. I'm back again with another Sophie's Trophies. This one, guys, is going to be a few games in one. Now, this weekend, I have spent it knocking uh, a wall through through uh, my kitchen so I can get into my garage quite easily. And then I moved a big American-style fridge freezer and a load of massive pieces of furniture to make room for said freezer. So sometimes when you do these kind of things, guys, you want to rest. You want to be lazy. And I like being lazy, unless my wife says I have to move fridge freezers and knock holes in walls. So the games, and I say games, are things called the Bat-D. Um, well, they're called the Bat-D, that's one of them. And then we have, what do we have? We have the Cow-G. Okay, the Pigeon-P. Uh, what else we got, guys? The sheep, P. The chick, C. Uh, and I think that's it for those types of games, guys. I think there's four or five of them. And when I say I want to be lazy, I mean I want to be lazy. So all these games, guys, they have 12 trophies. And what you do to earn said trophies, you hold the right trigger. Uh, no, the right bumper. You know, I'm doing a trophy guide here, guys. I've got to get it right. Hold the right bumper. And you have a number in the corner that counts up. And as it counts up, you earn trophies. And you get 12 trophies and a platinum in probably a minute and a half, two minutes, maybe. They are so simple, it is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think they can be called games. But... If you just want something where you don't have to think, you don't have to worry, you don't really have to do much, just hold down a button and you get a shitload of trophies for it. Each one has a PS4 and a PS5 uh, trophy. And as you go through them, I'm not going to do every single trophy on these things, guys. Um, you will earn facts. Each trophy is a fact about the animal in question. Now, just to make it interesting, they say 
the bat, uh, you are catching moths. Uh, so the number going up in the corner is moths. The cow. Uh, I can't remember what you do with the cow, guys. Uh, let's. Oh, you're milking. So each number is a pint of milk. The pigeon. You are pooping on a car. So each number is a poop. I know it's very very strange, guys. Uh, the sheep. Uh, is you are shearing the sheep. So you are earning wool. And then the chick. You are earning eggs. So, yeah. There's no real animation on these things. The backgrounds cycle a little bit, guys. Um, but you want something nice and simple, then, you know, you can't go wrong with these guys. Um, £1.19 a piece. Um, so quick, simple, cheap platinum, you know. So, yeah, that is going to be it from me this week, guys, because I am struggling to stay awake after all of this... Uh, housework i've been doing so next week we will do something a bit more in depth hopefully so i will talk to you next week keep getting those trophies guys bye and by and by doing all the housework he means cleaning up all these platinum trophies that's the kind of housework <laughs> there you're doing sid rick you i i saw you you laughing when sid was going through that dude we've, we've peaked haven't we we've just peaked it's just Pay £1.19 and you just hold down the right right trigger, right bumper. I've, I've forgotten already, Sid, which one it was. It just makes me laugh. He's, gonna, he's got Elden Ring Platinum on PS5 and then he's going to have 100 Platinums between that and the Elden Ring Platinum on PS4. And every one of these 100 added up together are going to take less time than the Elden Ring Platinum. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing he's play quality like, games. We'll do, we'll do the hardest... Hardest game out there, and then we'll do the worst. Worst you can possibly do. I mean, listen, keep doing what you do, Sid. Listen, Sid <laughs> is playing quality games. Okay, he, he's he's doing what I can <laughs> at the moment. I mean, I've I've got to say that Mayo Three. I haven't played it, but I had played the first two, and I've got respect for that because it's just one guy, and he just set out. He, he made Mayo One to get some money to make another game, didn't he? And then I think he did the same with Mayo 2. It was like short of money again. So it's like, make this and make... But you can tell he actually puts thought into it and effort into it. And fair enough, you're just tapping a Mayo jar. But there's a bit of story there and stuff like that. But this, it's just what you're... You're about a pigeon shitting on a car for a minute. Listen, pig pigeons need love too, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. Are you going to be the one to give them that love, Tricky? Uh, on January 1st, 2023. See... Is, is is are you getting ideas from Sid? Sid's doing all these Sophie's trophies, and you're just plucking ideas. Uh, no, it's actually the reverse. Sid is actually doing these because of me. <laughs> you correct but, but, but I'll let him explain <laughs> on a future episode. All right. So speaking of trophies, uh, let's get into our next topic or our other topic of the week. In the fact that Sony has confirmed. Trophies are being added to PlayStation 1 and PlayStation Portable games is optional. So, uh, stepping back from the report from when I talked to the developer last week, it is simply going to be up to the developer whether or not they're going to be added. But the official article coming from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN, only some PlayStation 1 and PSP games available through the PlayStation Plus tiers will feature trophies as developers can choose whether or not to add them. Sony revealed in a PlayStation blog post that while some games, including Ape Escape, Hot Shots Golf, IQ, 
and Cypher Filter will have trophies, their inclusion will be on a game-by-game basis as, quote, this feature is optional for developers, end quote. Trophies were only added as a feature to PlayStation Plus games during the PS3 era, meaning that everything from the PS1, PS2, and PSP lacked the external achievement system. Uh, players there, players will therefore be able to play games like Siphon Filter with a new set of objectives for the first time in more than 20 years. While Sony has only revealed four games with trophies so far, the full list shouldn't be too far away as the new PlayStation Plus tiers launch in North America and South America on June 13th, followed by Europe, Australia, and New Zealand on June 23rd. Trophies aren't the only new feature that come into the classic games catalog, as PS1 games will simply have a CRT filter, gameplay rewind button, and more. Sony has yet to confirm the full list of retro games arriving alongside the PlayStation Plus tiers, but did reveal 29 29 of them earlier in May. More than 700 games will be available through the service in total, with with around 100 have been confirmed so far. So, Rick, this is another topic that we were kind of talking about uh, prior to the official news coming out. You are excited about trophies being added to these games. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if they're leaving it optional, but there's no reason for any of them to not have trophies. If you, They must be doing a little bit of work to bring them, to port them to the system. So it can't take that long to just whack up a trophy list, even if it's... If you can't be bothered doing a proper one, just do, do anything with it. They all need to have trophies. There's no reason for games in 2022 to not have trophies and be on the PlayStation Store. Um, but hopefully, I, I, they, they need to be adding, to my mind, f- between five and ten games a month. PS1 PS1 games, I'm talking. This is where I, I really want to play these old PS1 games. There's plenty of Sony first-party PS1 games for them to just put five or ten a month on and let them be on there for six months, seven months or whatever, and then take some of them off. That's what they should be doing to my mind. All right. Uh, Yield, I know you're excited about Siphon Filter, but you already said that uh, you'd rather them make a uh, new Siphon Filter game. I mean, it's nice that they have trophies, but that's, that's not the enticing thing that's going to make me spend another 60 bucks. Uh, Alice, your thoughts, sir? I mean, uh, I get why they they can't, you know, demand or set as you know that set the precedent that hey, all these games have to have trophies. At the same time, though, as like a user, I'm like, well, I I you now it's now it's a guessing game as to what's going to have trophies, and it's just it's just easier when all of them have trophies, and it's it's better feeling invested in PlayStation Premium when you know that any game that shows up on the service is going to have trophies. So it just kind of makes an extra guessing game and kind of like puts a little seed of doubt in my mind where it's like, do I really want premium? So, I mean, the best possible thing they could do is to make sure all of them have trophies. And I think that'd be the best thing for the consumer. So them kind of not knowing whether or not the games that I want to play and get trophies in, like some of the games that I grew up on, not knowing that there's a guarantee that there's going to be a trophy list. Like I, who knows, maybe I'm just like, well, maybe I won't invest. and I'm just going to, wait it out for a year and see if these games come out with trophies and so and just see what comes to the service. So it it doesn't do anything to help me want to invest in the service, but I do understand why they're not mandated. And uh, I didn't put this in the agenda because I really didn't uh, have time to watch the full video, but uh, I posted in the Facebook group a recent video done by Digital Foundry, I think their name was, uh, talking about how the games haven't been uh, optimized properly 
for the new service. And I did notice that inside that video, uh, for what I did watch, there are going to be PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 versions of the game. Now, I don't know if that means it's going to be two separate lists or they're going to have the combined list like they did with the PS3 and Vita games, uh, some of their games. But it seems like uh, you're going to be getting two different trophy lists for each PS1 Classic and PSP Classic. So, I mean, for Trophy Hunters, that's a good thing. But I don't know. Again, that's not confirmed. But to me, if that is, for at least for the Trophy Hunters, that's a good feature. The other thing I want to talk about that I talk, that I read in the article is the Gameplay Rewind button. So this is, uh, if anybody's familiar with the PlayStation Classics or the NES Classics, if you were playing the game and you died, you could rewind to uh, the spot before you died and keep playing so you don't have to start over from the beginning. I think that's a nice feature that added into the PlayStation 1 games. So if, uh, but let's go to Yield on that. How do you feel about the Rewind feature? You think that's a cool feature? Uh, you know, I haven't really ever used it. Uh, yes and no. Yes, because uh, when you're going back and playing those games, you, you you know you might be just trying to unwind, so you don't want that frustration. But at the same time, we and, and I'm using this as a generalization. We are as good as we are at games because old school games were hard as f and you had to get good. So this is almost kind of a, and you can take this as an insult if you want, uh, you know, gamers are used to, you know, difficulty levels to dumb it down for them. And so, you know, it's kind of a way to not be good. So it depends on what side of the fence you stand on. I really don't have a solid opinion one way or the other. All right, Alex. Yeah, I know that like with the rewind feature, the Mega Man Legacy Collection has that. And, you know, I I'd played the game years ago, but, you know, last November, October, November, I can't remember exactly when the timeline fell. But I went back and played Mega Man 3, Mega Man 4, 5, and 6. And I use, they have a rewind feature where if you die in a pit, you can just rewind and set yourself up back on a platform and kind of go from there. And there were a couple times in Wily's Castle and maybe five and six it was where I did use that rewind feature because look, I've beaten those games before and quite frankly, like there was a difficult underwater section in Mega Man five in his castle where I was just like, it was, it was a Wily castle or Breakman or Proto Man's castle. I can't remember, but um, there was definitely a point where I'm like, screw this. I just want to get through the game to experience the end of the game. So I did reuse the rewind feature a couple times in some of the old Mega Man games and it's a nice feature. Uh, I'd probably be more, willing to use that in games like Mega Man where I have beaten those games numerous times before so it's not like I'm, you know my first time through a game, I don't want to use it because I want to just beat the game on my own no matter how frustrated I am, but you know in, re in repeat playthroughs, if I'm just trying to re-experience the game and go through it again, then it rewind's a nice feature Tricky was not expecting me to be as short-winded no. as I was, so he <laughs> walked away from his uh, headphones there you back with us there, big guy? Nope. Not quite yet. I am. I'm sorry. I don't the dog outside. You you expect to be more of a blabbermouth than I, uh... You, you, you podcast with me too long, and you know that how long I can go on uh, on a tangent. Well, I mean, earlier I said that you'd be a good streamer because you never shut the fuck up. No. Isn't that what people <laughs> want from streamers? Like you watch, that's why you, I said yeah, you were going to be... see gameplay. I, I'm not, I'm not see... shitting on you. I'm saying that that's what makes you a good streamer. From the moment you... 
from the moment you pressed live to the moment you stopped, you did not shut up. See? I'm the opposite. Well, we know when we play Rocket League Thursday, you know, you're very intense about it. You, you know, we have some conversation, but you want people to focus on playing the game and less commenting and having conversation, which is kind of like a necessary part of Twitch. I mean, when you're, when some people watch you stream, it's not just about the video game. People want, they, they watch people because of their personalities and they want to have some form of entertainment. So it can't just be about the game. So I try not to just sit there and play like a kangaroo and just be dead silent because I'm, dead, you know, giving my thoughts. For moment to moment, cracking little jokes here and there, but you know, it's it's you got to have that in a stream. That's yeah. that's why people watch. Yeah, and to to yield just to show you how yield is intense in Rocket League Thursdays. If I come in the show, if I come there and I'm not playing, he just mutes me. He's like, I don't want to even hear Jerky. Yep, one hundred percent. All right, all business. All right, Rick, I I did step away, so I don't know. Did you talk about the rewind feature? Whether or not you liked it. No, not yet. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, put it in, but I feel like there should be a trophy for beating the game without um rewind feature. Just so then people can use it if they want, but if you want the platinum, you're going to have to suck it up. Uh, I I do like that. O- otherwise, every one of these is just going to be a kind of common plat. I'm not, no, I'm not that bothered, but I'd, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to play, I'm going to play these games. And I don't want them to all be common. Yeah. You know, like one or two of them to be a bit of a struggle. I see. Obviously, you guys know that I'm going to play IQ. Because uh, it's been twenty years since I've played that, possibly longer. Uh, I just really hope that trophy list is not like that hard because IQ in itself is a hard ass game, and I just hope that trophy list uh, because I, I I would call it an achievement to be able to get that platinum. Uh, just you know, after twenty years of advocating for the game and. It's a little little known game that nobody really knows, nobody's really played, because it was just a demo on a PlayStation 1 disc. <clears throat> uh, well, it's up, at the minute, the PS5 versions are uncommon. 41.67% of people have got it. Okay. The, the list is already up. So that, that doesn't seem uh, yeah. too hard of a list if 41% of people have it. No, there's, there's one for clearing each stage, one for clearing the final stage, and then... Get a perfect on each stage. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna. So be don't know. Trophies for those old go- old games can go one way or the other because I mean they can either be like you know what we're just gonna put some simple ass trophies in here. We just want you to play the game. We want you to subscribe to the service. So if we put a bunch of simple ones in here, well, you're probably gonna go you know for the real people who want to bump up their score. They're gonna just go and play all these old games again and just rack up the trophies. Or they're gonna be like. We're going to make some of these games really hard because we want you to spend more time in the service and need more time to play through these games. And so it could go. I'm more hoping and, and thinking they'll go with uh, the easier way. Like, I want to, you know, replay some of these games, but I don't want them to be, you know, unnecessarily difficult to get the Platinum Trophy. Uh, I mean, don't dumb it down to where you press start and you get everything. You know, no rat spam here, but don't be like, well, you got to play through the main game 15 times because these games are shorter. So play through this game 15 times for a silver trophy. Like, I don't, I don't want that. Let, let me, let me um, just, you know, go on about yourself a second. We'll go see if I can find another article that we could talk about. Because, you know, we have to hit the two hour mark because, you know, our listeners want that. No, 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 no we, we don't. don't. This week. We don't have to hit the two hour mark. <laughs> what, hey, what about this Embracer Eye sequel? You want all right? You want to do that? Let's do that. What uh, about report okay. EA looking to sell or merge? You've got two more things in here. You're not even talking about. I, I was 
joking about finding another article, but I guess we can go oh. into this. All right, so uh, this is the last one, and we'll save the uh, the embracer for next week. Uh, coming from Kutaku, which I'm going to say right at the start, I do not like this website. I can't stand this website, but nope. Alex added this to the agenda, so I will respect Alex in the fact that he wants to do something other than an IGN article. I didn't add it to the agenda. I, I shared it with the group, but you added it yourself. Gotcha. Right. Anyway. This is written by Ethan Gatch. The video game market is consolidating like never before, and Electronic Arts is scrambling like everyone else. The Battlefield and FIFA maker recently pursued a merger with NBC Universal, and also held a potential acquisition talks with Disney, Apple, and other companies, according to a renew- new report by Puck. I don't know what Puck is. I assume that's an online or a magazine. While the deal... While a deal isn't currently in the works, it doesn't sound like EA plans to give up anytime soon. Quote, in recent years, as media companies have taken greater interest in the rapidly growing gaming industry, Wilson and Electronic Arts have been held have held talks with a number of different potential suitors, including Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Sources with knowledge of those talks told me, quote, wrote, uh, excuse me, wrote Puck's veteran media reporter Dylan Byers. Quote, several sources familiar with these talks say EA has been persistent in pursuing a sale and has only grown more emboldened in the wake of the Microsoft Activision deal. Others say that EA is primarily interested in a merger arrangement that will allow Wilson to remain as chief executive of the combined company. <laughs> End quote. But apparently, <coughs> excuse me, but it, it apparently was a deal with NBC Universal that got the farthest along. According to Byers, Comcast CEO Brian Roberts was looking to spin off the entertainment conglomerate into a separate entity with EA, with one version of the deal leaving the current EA CEO in charge of the new mega business. Negotiations eventually fell apart over price, however. Uh, And, you know, the article goes on to say more about them trying to be acquired. But, Alex, I'm going to go to you first because you're kind of long-winded, and I know you're going to... have a lot of opinions on this. Um, we have speculated before that EA could be a, a company that's potentially bought up by Sony or Microsoft or something like that. You don't think Sony could buy them? No, because the money that they had they have left to spend on studios is split between all of Sony. Like any of their their purchases, apparently it's all of Sony, not just the PlayStation Arm. But the PlayStation Arm is like the most successful part of Sony, so you think that they would they would give them that money. Um, but no, I got my, my question with this was who could buy them at this point? Because I don't think Microsoft with them trying to absorb Activision Blizzard is going to touch that because then that really brings up antitrust issues. And, uh, yeah, I mean like Disney, like they already shut down their video game studios years ago. They don't want to mess with that. I don't think because they're making enough money off of Marvel and Star Wars as it is, as far as TV and movies go. So they're definitely going to, uh, focus on creating content for the Disney Plus streaming app, so I don't think they're going to want to get involved. And, you know, getting in the video games market, it's really expensive as we've seen that, you know, Microsoft, like a lot of people have wanted to get involved in video games. We've talked, we've heard about Apple for years wanting to get in on the business. You know, Microsoft was one of those ones where of all the companies that have come in, like, they've really, you know, established a foothold, so they've been successful and they've been able to do it, but, you know, video games, they're just a ton of money, and it it's an attract because of the number of the people that play video games and the money tied up in it, there's always going to be that urge for companies to get in on it. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's expensive and and a lot of people just get pushed out. So I don't think 
anyone is going to want to merge with EA because then like you talk about like Valve or Take Two or Epic Games, like these companies I believe are all all smaller or have less market share or valued at less than say an EA. So then do these other companies who've been doing business kind of like had their own leadership in place, do they want to merge with EA and then have EA take over or EA be the bigger fish? I don't think so. Even with someone like, you know, Ubisoft, like I don't think they want to do that. So I don't think they're going to merge with anybody. And I don't know who, no one within the video game company, uh, video game universe is going to buy them now. It's just too expensive because they're valued at like $37 billion. And even Microsoft isn't going to touch that right now. So I don't know who could buy them. I don't know who's going to merge with them. It would have to be a company with outside traditional video games. But yeah, it's just a huge purchase that I don't think one anybody wants to merge with, and I don't think anybody wants to buy them right now. So, Rick, you got some thoughts on this? Uh, not really. It's, yeah, no, nobody can go. I don't think anyone can go and buy EA outright. I think the, they must have a massive amount of revenue from FIFA and Madden. The um, you know people buying the FIFA points and Madden, whatever Madden ones are called. Uh, I could see them selling off some IP. They've got a massive catalogue of IP that they just don't do anything with I mean they've done a little bit more recently with Mass Effect and they're bringing Dead Space out and they're going to do Escape 4 but they've still got a load there that they just sat on from studios they've shut down uh, that they could sell Yield sir we know how you feel about mergers you, or you know purchases when it comes to the video game industry shrinking with fewer companies holding more and more of the power uh, Any anything you want to say about EA wanting to sell themselves uh, I think the only people who could buy them would be Amazon or Apple. I mean, I agree with you. Disney had a video game division. They shuttered it. I think they're kind of dipping their toe back into it a small bit, but I don't see Disney doing it because, you know, EA already pays Disney for their Star Wars rights to make their, make the games. So, um, it, it wasn't, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but wasn't no, you're there fine. talks recently about Disney pulling the license away from EA because of the bad decisions they were making over their games, especially with like Battlefront 2? Well, I, I know there, I, know, I think there was some talk because of like all these Star Wars games they promised. All that they've done is they've done what, two Battlefront games and Fallen Order. You know, and they've canceled a whole bunch of other ones. So I know that there was kind of some talk about maybe them just going, you know what, we're going to give it to somebody else. I always said it was a bad idea when they let EA exclusively do it. I thought that they should be more of of, of not really nearly give it to everybody, but kind of, you know, if someone's got an idea for a Star Wars game, go pitch it to them. If Disney's like, yeah, hey, we like that, then let them do it. Because you know you know you're going to be an overseer of it because you've got every everything now is it's all got to tie into the lore. You can't have something. It's all got to be canon. It can't be some little offshoot story on its own. So you know Disney's going to want to have their finger on it. So I I just don't see Disney doing it. All right, uh, just so uh, you know, we we have an idea. Uh, we we often said on the show about how many Star Wars games are actually in development. Uh, so I just Googled it real quick, and this is an article from IGN. 
Uh, apparently, there's a Star Wars Hunters game, which is coming from the Switch and Mobile. It's being made by uh, Zynga, who was acquired by Take-Two. Uh, you got Jar- uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is the Respawn game. Uh, you have Knights of the Old Republic remake, which is being made by... Ooh, I can't see. Uh... I don't see where it says. Uh, Asper, which was the studio behind recent Star Wars ports of, Re- of Republic Commando and Jedi Academy. You got a Respawn Star Wars uh, first-person shooter. You got the open world game being made by Massive over at Ubisoft. Uh, you got Star Wars Eclipse, which was the game being made by Quantic Dream. Uh, you got the game being made, uh, Star Wars strategy game by Respawn and Bit Reactor. Uh, you got the Amy Hennon game. So those are the games that are Star Wars games that are in development. So it does, I mean, Disney themselves doesn't have like an exclusive contact with EA with the with the Star Wars games anymore. So it, they are branching out. But to, I mean, kind of to the point, and I'm kind of like just spitball this off the top of my head. If Disney did buy EA, I mean, wouldn't this sort of set off like a conflict of interest with these other studios? You would think it would be kind of hard to do the Call of Duty games with your family-friendly image. Well, no, that's Activision. They don't. You mean oh, Battlefield? Battlefield? Okay, sorry. Yeah, Battlefield. Well, in like in like Dead Space, I don't think Disney wants to put a Dead Space game I, again. Like Teal's point, they've got. You hear all those games. Disney's going to make enough money off the licensing and stuff like that for Marvel and Star Wars. They games, don't need that. Where they don't actually yeah. have to own video game companies. And in general, like you look at how much money they're making off Star Wars in general. Like I, you, the Kenobi just came out. They just released the first couple episodes of Kenobi, and then I today I didn't I didn't know they were making this, but I saw a teaser. For uh, Andor, which I assume is Cass and Andor yes. from the Star Wars universe, so they—I mean, my God, how much Star Wars are doing? They don't need to make well, video games; they can just. Let's see here. Announced this. Announced this week. You've got Andor. You've got season three and Ahsoka coming out next year. They announced the second season of Bad Batch. They announced another two, three more series. In the Star Wars universe coming out, so now nah, they're good. <laughs> All right. Oh, and and Jedi Survivor, Fall, or, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> see, the other thing I want to point out is if if a, a big name like Disney or NBC Universal or you know uh, Amazon, if they were to purchase this, I don't think that we're going to get the quality games that we get now. Like I don't think their focus would be on making video games. Well, no, not not initially. And I mean, you also, honestly, you also, App, Apple would probably be the best bet. Sorry. And, and the other point I want to uh, I, I want to make is EA is losing losing their exclusivity rights to the football games. They like Madden is not going to be the only. NFL branded football game coming out. Oh god, thank god. So with that being said, I mean, arguably you could say that Madden was their big bargaining chip and now they've lost that. They don't have the exclusive rights to that anymore. And they don't have uh, they're not partnered with FIFA anymore. Yeah, FIFA's oh, leaving so too. 
So they so they've lost that those two. And I mean, aren't yeah, we? Well, I, I don't two? think. Well, they've not lost it. They they didn't want to pay FIFA what they wanted. I think FIFA wanted billions off them a year just to use the name. Yeah, and I mean, arguably, you could say those are the two franchise exclusive contracts that EA had. They've lost them both. So um, yeah, they're the two big hitters, aren't they? Kind of unrelated, but it's kind of to the point. EA's got no one to blame but themselves. Because for years, it was always between them and Activision as the evil empire of video games. Besides sport games, EA, every so often, will spit out a regular game that you're like, wow, that was really good. You know, um, I mean, we can say uh, a way out. But that was kind of indie, and really all EA did was publish it. The developer kept all the money in that deal. Um, you know, Fallen Order was like, wow, a really good EA game. They're, they, EA has not been themselves with anything other than sport games. I'm probably wrong. I'm just way guessing. I'm going to say 2000s, you know? Probably earlier than that. And, and it may have been still when we were all still in school. It just, they, they don't. Like I said, every so often they would spit out a gem. You'd be like, wow, this is an EA game. I'm surprised. So I, I don't feel bad for management. I feel bad for the, all the, uh, companies underneath them that depending on where this goes may get shuttered if they clean house. EA did publish It Takes Two, which was a, you know, not only a candidate for Game of the Year last year, but also won some of the awards. So, I mean, they have brought some good to light. I mean, it's just a matter of, it, it's funny that they lose a lot of these licenses or not doing these, you know, deals anymore. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we we're sell. looking to sell ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Tricky, you want to you wanna do some house cleaning here, sir? <laughs> you want me to wrap up the show? All right. Let's go. Cool well, we Ashley and I still need to eat dinner, and yes, I we would like to also watch an episode of uh, Rick talking about time to find uh, to watch Stranger Things. We are one to watch an episode of Stranger Things tonight. So, all right, so let's close out the show with some shout outs. Alex, you start first, sir. Your shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse. I want to thank anyone who came on to the stream that I was doing earlier with Ko Kangaroo. Thank anybody who listens to the show, downloads the show. Uh, people spread the word of trophy whores. You guys are the backbone of the community. Well, really the heart and soul, the, the fuel to the fire of this trophy whores. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, like uh, our friend Rick. Rick, thank you for coming on, sir. It has been a wonderful uh, two hours talking to you. We're really glad that you could join us tonight. Thank you. Shout out to Tricky and to Yield. Uh, give a shout out uh, also to my lovely and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. We had a wonderful time at the aquarium in Newport, Kentucky last uh, yesterday. As well, got some delicious German food at the Hoffer House up there. So, yeah, an awesome weekend. So, love you, honey. And uh, that is going to be it for me. All right. Uh, yield. Shout out for Rick for staying up late with us this evening. Uh, shout out to Always. Tricky and Alex for reporting. Um, shout out to all the pimps in the mountains of the whoredom for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, interacting with us on the Facebook group and on the consoles. It's downloading it's very much appreciative uh shout out to disney and obi-wan um like the first two episodes i like i like the story that they're telling and i like where we're going so hopefully it gets better kind of like mandalorian did but i'm i'm liking what the first two episodes produced uh shout out to my wife for putting up with me for 16 years 
And that'll do me. Yes, happy anniversary, Yield. I was going to do that in my shout-outs. Thank you. Uh, happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary, right? All right, so uh, before we go to Rick for his shout-outs, I just want to point out, if you guys did like Alex Schumann, uh please let him know. I'm going to put a poll in the Facebook group because we're gonna we gotta get Alex streaming more. He's uh he's a natural to it. You don't want Yield to stream, but Yield doesn't talk. Well, I don't talk either. That's the problem. But if if somebody's in the chat, I talk to them. But I I don't commentate my gameplay like Alex does. Alex is a natural. Unless you're watching me play, we were here. Of course, then you have to talk. But that's that was it. All right, Rick, your shout out, sir. Yeah, I'll just say I swear a lot when I stream. That's what I do. I just, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Really like that. It's just, it's just me going, oh, for fuck's sake, you fucking... Well, I'm sure uh, with yeah, some of the difficult to... games you play, I'm sure it's warranted. Oh, it's not even the difficult ones anymore. It's like I was playing Batman and I've, I've just kept dying to Bane. And I've done that fight dozens of times. So, but anyway. Uh, shout out to Tricky Alex Neal. Thank you for having me on. It's been uh, great fun, even though it's a little bit disappointing that you didn't get into a big Barney. I was really looking forward to that. I thought it was going to be some hot controversial take and we are all going to gang up on Tricky. But well, why is it going to be gang up on time. me? <laughs> why can't we well, go? We kind of did, did because, you know, we all told him he was wrong, so. Why can't we, we ever come on and say, hey, Tricky has some merit. I just happen to disagree with him. I mean, you, you do have merit. You have lots of merit, but you're just wrong a lot. Okay, you know, okay, Tricky. <laughs> Here, here's, here's how it is. Well, I uh, I don't know if you're how it is, but... Tell, tell us how you see it. So, you sometimes, you like to walk out on a tree branch. <laughs> we all do. We all like to walk out on a tree branch. But see, when we when we point to you that you should stop, you know, you, you shouldn't go any further, you like to walk out there and then you like to jump up and down. So, so when it breaks and you fall... <laughs> We just lean over and go, told you so. Rick, you want to finish your shout out, sir? Uh, yeah, so sh- shout out to the Facebook group. Uh, it's nice chatting with people in there. And uh, a big shout out to the Duffer Brothers for Stranger Things. That is the best show on television. Uh, I don't, like I say, I don't watch much TV, but I will watch that. Um, I've only seen the first episode of this season, but it's amazing. So it got really dark at the end. Have you been watching it, Alex? Yeah, we watched the first episode last night. It was dark. Yeah, that, I mean, granted, it, it, kind of with the tent of recent events here in America, they had to put a, a special message up that this scene was recorded, you know, uh, a certain time ago. But uh, it kind of started dark, and it ended dark, and it's kind of like, yeah, there was, they, it, it, it was really, really good, and we definitely want to watch more. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to be a dark season. Oh, definitely, yeah. It, it just went very nightmare on Elm Street, didn't it, at the end? Like the first one, back when it was good. Yeah, yeah. Getting to look back, peer back into the little bit of the history of uh, of a certain character in the series is is uh, unveiling some in uh, incredibly dark things, but also like just kind of the what happened at the end, like you said, with the contortions and the way that arms aren't supposed mm. to go and joints and it's like, yeah, it's like this is this is about we're about to jump into a deep, deep hole. It's, yeah. it's a little much. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You you wouldn't like it. There's spiders in it anyway, Tricky. I've never seen. I one episode. say that there's a couple of sections with spiders. Although I I will tell you that I was, I've been watching uh Better Call Saul, and in the intro of one of the episodes, there was a 
big freaking tarantula walking across, and I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm really? Because a couple guys at work watch that, and they say that's just as good as Breaking Bad. I'm eight episodes in now, and to me, it's it's... I'm not going to say it's bad. It just seems a little slow. Well, they they, they said yeah. it starts slow and then it gets better. Uh, I I am I'm a little confused right now as far as what the hell's going on with the brother and why he's got some kind of electronic phobia. But I'm not going to go into that. I want to give a shout out to Rick and uh, for coming on the show, but I also want to give a shout out to Rick and. Gareth for being a part of the council, even though they're not on my side, and they're not supposed. To, I'm not on anyone's not side. On I'm completely side, impartial. But <laughs> I, I want to be playing some uh, F- FMV games, and I'm not allowed to uh, due to the council uh, saying that's probably not a good idea. So, uh, shout out to Alex and to uh, Yield. Thanks for recording. Shout out to Ashley. Uh, because she had a conversation with me for about 45 minutes. We were talking about various things. Uh, shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much for being a part of this uh, journey that we're on. Uh, we're 525 episodes deep. I mean, this is incredible. Uh, to get to this far uh, would not have happened without your love and support. So thank you very much. And until next week, if there's nothing else, happy trophy hunting. See ya. Later. song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines. Rick uh, voted. He well, said you well, were yeah, you were wrong. Yeah, you were wrong. <laughs> I'm joking and trying. You gotta come up with. You gotta come up with something. Come up with something new. Uh, something new. Genesis versus Super Nintendo. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know if we would well, argue about that, but I mean that would. That would I mean, we were, well, yeah, because I'm a Mega Drive boy. It's all about Sega yeah. for me. But it, it, it seems to me like that Nintendo was massive in America, wasn't it? That was your big thing. You, it saved your. Your video game crash because there was no video game crash over here. We we all had our microcomputers. We had our Amigas and our C sixty fours and our Ataris. So um, yeah, no video game crash over here. That just happened in America. But then the Nintendo rode in and saved the day with the NES. Well, and if I remember correctly, indoctrinated I, I, I'm not exactly confident about to say it's true. But Nintendo didn't start off as a video game company. They were they were they were doing something. They else, were right? they were like a, a card company, playing, playing card stuff, company. It, yeah. yeah.